Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, Membraners, Membranees, Membranars. Hopefully, I've caught you while you've got the podcast app open. If you You've just clicked on Insane in the Membrane. We'd really appreciate it if you'd hit the subscribe button too. Or follow, or whatever your app calls it. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're on. But whatever it is, leave us a comment as well, because we do read every single one of them. It all helps to push it up the charts. So if you could do that, that would be fantastic. Right, do you know what? Let's get on with the podcast, shall we? Insane in the Membrane. Yes, this is Rich Wilson. Welcome to Insane in the Membrane podcast. This week, I took a trip to Brixton, which is where my my the mum my mum's side of the family are from Brixton. So I remember I've got a lot of fond memories of Brixton from when I was a child. So it was nice to go back and wander around and see where I used to hang out and run around with my with my brother. Very cool. We had a nice chat with Richard Thomas. He's a lovely bloke. You would know Richard Thomas from um, Jerry Springer, the 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 opera. Uh, which was a huge success. Since then, he's gone from strength to strength. He's had his ups and downs, and uh, you'll find out all about it because Richard is a very, very open, honest, and wonderful man. So here we are, Richard Thomas. So it's nice to be here. I had a nice wander through Brixton again. Oh. Yeah, I've, I just came through where my nan used to live. Oh, yeah. look Did you flat. walk down Minute Road? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Oh, the, where, the, where, the, uh, where the youth club is, because there, there was a fatal stabbing there last night. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! No, yeah. oh, Jesus! Well, that's not. I got mugged out there, so as well. What? Well, I was just down the road from there. But, is well, that the first time? No, oh, no. I got. Um, there was actually it was once. I think I deserved it, right? Not that anyone deserved to be mugged, but okay. It was. Um, it was after finishing Jerry, and I'd, uh, I was walking home uh, after the national, and I was. Um, Carrying an empty bottle of champagne. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, say no more, Rich. I was Rich. really happy. And it was moon, and I had a, you know, a little skip my step, step, and I was a little whistling, you know, as I was whistling the Rock and the Hammerstein tune. <laughs> oh, mate, you might as well have a big I, sign on you. And there was, I normally, I know, honestly, I've been, as I said, I've, I've always worked, you know, I had a studio in Brixton for years and years and years, and I used to walk down the Cold Harbour Lane back in the day when it was really rough. Bloody hell. But yeah. I knew, but I knew, I knew everybody, and you're putting yourself on a grumpy face, and you're fine. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, and people say, so, you know, if we get you want some drugs, yeah. No, so I'm absorbed. Thanks a lot. Don't do that. So you know, you show respect yeah. with a, a gruff. Yeah, of, it. like you know what you're doing. You, you should be there. You decline the offer of narcotics <laughs> with a gruff and yet slightly respectful demeanour. <laughs> uh, mate, you really blended in. <laughs> yeah. So, but this one time, yeah, I was just like, I was, um, you know, that's that's the trouble of success. Unforeseen circumstances. Went your head, mate. You know, you reminded me when I was um, a teen. I went to grammar school and. Um, in Birmingham, and there used to be this um, 
hill we used to walk, me and my mate. Uh, we both, um, it was about a mile long. Quite, and um, yeah. at the bottom of it, there'd be a group of skinheads. It's, this is way oh, wow. back. the, um, you know, we're talking about the late 70s. Proper skinheads. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and every day, and there was a period where between sort of when we were 12 and 14, and you know, everyone, everyone used to walk to school in those days from about the age of nine. Yeah. There was no kind of, there was no sense of, you know, oh, pedophiles. No, I know, you just you had know. to deal with it. You just yeah. did. So, but every day, one of us would be chosen to get the uh, shit kicked out. Oh, well, no. Not every day, but pretty much it was a, it was such an, a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, I look back and I laugh at it in a way. And there was, and there was one time, I remember we were walking down the hill one day. And this skateboard comes hurtling past me and some guy goes, Superman! And ha- launches off and smacks me, you know, sucker punches me in the face. Jesus. And um, I-, I remember, because it was so... Um, this is not like a sob story, but... No, 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 no. This no, is no, just... No. Uh, it's just well, it's how it was growing yeah. It was, um, you'd... Uh, and my re- only reaction, because this was such a normal kind of thing, was, well, that was quite original. <laughs> a format on what on? That's changed. But it was, but it was wasn't it? So it was the routine. Yeah. <laughs> But so, but it, it's it's creativity, isn't it? <laughs> so that's where you got your creative <laughs> yeah, that's straight true. from the streets. From there, from there to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's how it was back I mean, I just remember there being, when I was a kid, there was an underlying underlying vibe of violence. Mm. And, it, you know, and you know, I grew up in, in, in a, a nice little area, but it was rough around the edges. Yeah. But there was violence. Yeah. There was violence. And, you know, where did you grow up? Birmingham. In Birmingham. So, you know, I remember going to, and I was, believe it or not, I was a Wolverhampton Wanderer supporter. Wow. And so, um, you know, and those, uh, and like local derbies were just, I mean, it was mayhem. Yeah, of course. And, they were, uh, yeah. But everyone used to joke about it. Was, but you were, they were your kind of war stories, you know? Yeah. So you, there, when you remember being, I mean, being chased by like over a hundred, not just me, but there were a bunch of us being chased by a hundred blues fans. Wow, getting right there, yeah, running, running, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fun. Other times you're there and you see all these Villa fans pissing on, on an overpass, pissing down on, on Saturday shoppers. <laughs> and you know, laughing about it. <laughs> But you haven't got the accent. That's gone. No, no, I suppose yeah, it's gone. Long is that? Time is gone. that what, did you go to a? No, not at all. I don't think I had a particularly pronounced one. You know, no at the time. No middle class. Yeah, right. Kid. But it would have been a sort of you know the ass would have you know twanged out. I think when I'm drunk, it comes back a bit. Right. But, um, it's not you know. Yeah, because it's not there at all, is it? I, I think mean, it's just uh, evened out as a sort of <laughs> English middle. Class, that's it. It's all, the, all, draw. <laughs> all the avocados have flattened out. All <laughs> the kale. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, all <laughs> the kale and the running. Um, so you grew up in Birmingham. How long, when did you leave Birmingham? Oh my God, uh, eighty-three, I think. Eighty-three. Right, and then you moved to. Then I went to. I did a year just traveling around, bumming around Europe. Okay, which is do again. That was in, in those days. You just I'd hitchhike. I was hitchhiking around Europe. Sometimes I spent a couple of days on the edge of a, on the motorway, yeah. hanging out. You know, I didn't really care where I was going. So yeah, like, right. Uh, it's um, like that Laurie Lee book, kind of. You, see, you know, you just yeah. get a um, knapsack on and just go off. And just go sack. What the fuck is a knapsack? <laughs> Why am I talking about like this? When was the last time you said knapsack? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. it's um. So you went travelling. Travelling, then I went to Cambridge. Uh, Oh, there we are. Well, there you go. That's where your accent went. You went to Cambridge. No, it's true. And then uh, I did languages. So I was was very French and German. uh, And uh, and then, you know, changed a bit. But did loads of... And then then after that, straight to London, 87. 
Yeah, right. So to Brixton. And they moved to Brixton, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, in 87, just after the riots, because it was cheap. So all oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The musos and the gays just went in. <laughs> Everyone else was running out. I mean, it's almost like, you know, uh, we were, and it was great. It was yeah. fantastic. You could get a, I'm at a very cheap place with piano. People were just um, in uh, squats up and down the place. And yeah. There was really interesting stuff going on. It was a lovely, it was a great scene. And I didn't, I never right. felt particularly... You know, there was me, there was a Japanese saxophonist and my great friend, Sinita Elaine, who was, yeah. uh, uh, was one of the smartest people I've ever met and did really well. So it was, we had, it, was a, it was a lovely kind of multi-ethnic house. Yeah, nice. And uh, it was great. You know, we were both going, we were all doing jobs and stuff. We were, we were failing miserably. I was failing miserably as an actor stroke, um, <laughs> uh, double act artist. <laughs> she was failing miserably. She was working for um, some a jazz record collective or something. She was terrible at it. <laughs> Uh, and Daisuke Koyama, who was a brilliant sax What a player. name. He was, uh, he'd come back and just, you know, he'd come back and take his anger out on his sax. But brilliantly, he was a great sax player. Yeah. And he's ended up in um, Japan. I think he's, he's a, an executive, TV executive. But this is going back a long time. Yeah, right. But well, we played like £17 a month or something like that. Amazing. For some, you know, yeah. a, a damn ridden shithole. She grew up in Birmingham and uh, uh, he always said, I mean, when, your sexuality... This is what I always find fascinating. When did you when did you know? Oh, I knew that you, you were at a very gay? early age, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, but, right. Um, it, it was a, in a grammar school, very traditional grammar school, and at that time, in you know, uh, growing up in Birmingham or in England, basically, if you were gay, that was um, uh, synonymous with paedophile. So uh, even, yeah. so all those yeah. you'd watch, you know, you're a kiddie fiddler sort of thing. Yes, I remember so, even though even it's very early age of twelve, thirty, thinking this doesn't make sense. All these kind of. Uh, Priests as kitty fiddlers and stuff like that because I mean if you were or as paedophiles protect you know because how many I mean we're not after the women you know we're no. after the girls so why are we getting taught you know anyway because uh, and then in my school is uh, which is was a great school to uh, to make spend but it, but definitely if you were gay you were bullied remorselessly and you'd got out if you were yeah, openly gay right. so it was a very very brave thing to do. And they, you know, wouldn't last for before A levels. I remember a few. They were just, you know, um, they just absolutely were mercilessly bullied. Yeah. So were you quiet? Were you out? I was in the closet. No, was, no. obviously I was in the closet. God no. I, but um, and I didn't. There was no one to speak to about it. You know, you didn't really because it was. No. It was those days. You actually had to come out. Of course, it's. Yes. I mean, it, I mean it, it's amazing how things have changed now. I mean, it's incredible, and that's largely due to a. You know, good Labour government at the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. Apart from the Iraq War, but forget <laughs> that. Apart the rest of it, that was pretty good. You know, <laughs> but then you, there was no one to talk to. There no. was uh, at all, and I only really came out. Um, I mean, like when I was hitchhiking around Europe, I was too scared to go to a gay pub or anything like that because right. where would you find it? This is there was no kind of internet. There was just the beginnings of things like Time Out. Yeah, that actually, you had to be in the know. Of course, you so, did. Yeah, well, a friend uh, of mine had a had like this. It was like a Bible. It looked like, and it had all the places to go around the world. Oh yes, all the different. And I I that Spartacus was Spartacus or something. It was it? something like that. Yeah, but that, yeah. that wasn't until that would have been late nineties, early two yeah, thousands. Yeah. So well, this was like from eighty four, eighty five. Wow. So, you know, I just and I just didn't know any gay people, or anybody no. was gay, or all you knew that was that they were. You bring shame on your family. Were, that's you know. No chance of children. You die alone and unhappy. And they really made it like it was, oh, yeah, yeah it was like it was like an a, awful disease. And yeah, you were yeah. just. I mean, I remember coming out finally, and my I guess it must have been early twenties. Um, after a funeral, pissed as a phone. <laughs> I thought, you know, turning to my parents saying, "Are we amazed?" And uh, and funny, my dad said, "Oh, I said I've got this thing to tell you," and you know, 
finally blurted it out and then he goes oh what, so what relief I thought you were going to tell me you got AIDS because <laughs> oh, wow. then there was all that was all was. happening then yeah, as well yeah, so, yeah. Oh so he was he, he was did he know you were gay did he have an no, idea not, or no not no. I think so my, I think my mum always said oh well I knew because you know you but they, no not really I don't think so no. I don't think I mean then as well I think parents didn't want to um, it was embarrassing it was incredibly yeah. embarrassing oh but it's amazing that you know you go back to as you know the the, the 50s and you know men had to hide and oh, it's well, women yeah women as well it was yeah, i mean women yeah. it wasn't even spoken about that yeah, women yeah. were gay well it was criminal wasn't it i mean yeah. it was the thing so you could really um uh i mean again like all these things i suppose it depend what your what class you belong to and you know mm, yeah. uh, where where acceptance was uh you know What's the word? Yeah. Socially sanctioned, or whatever you call it. Yeah, of course. And did that, did you feel, I mean, did that fuck with your head a bit? Of course. You yeah. Know, you would get internalised homophobia, of course you would. And probably still do to quite a, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, it would, uh, I'm a member of the partner of seven years now, and, but we wouldn't hold hands in the street. So you are, even now? Oh, no, no. no. I, and I think partly because I think, well, I don't want to get the, the shit kicked down. Yeah, wow. Is and I might yeah. still, I think they still think there is that chance, you know. Yeah. Wow. Um, and all. But I just, but in a way, I just can't do it. No. It's that ingrained, you know. Yeah. And, know, uh, and that's mean. not, um, and I think where I, I used to agonise and beat myself up thinking, oh, that's cowardice. I think, no, it was survival. You know? Yeah, of course it is, yeah. And um, because, you know, back then you could really get, you could really yeah, get you really get hurt. Yeah, well, there's been stories of getting killed yeah. for it, you know. So... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny when I see, even now when I see two guys holding hands, mm. I notice it, whereas yeah, you shouldn't yeah. notice it. You know, you should just, yeah, you yeah. see it, and, but I'm not like, I'm like, You're, brilliant. You don't want to beat him up there. No, no, of course not. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I said, like, with this accent, I should be more careful of what I say. It's, like, it's, it's, like, it's just good to see. It's like, it, I've got a Liam Neeson story, you know, whenever I see two gay, <laughs> yeah, gay yeah, guys yeah. holding hands, I want to ah. get a machete and hack up those hands oh, and wear them. Wear them around a necklace. Gay bastards. Gay, gay hands. <laughs> necklace. Yeah. yeah, you got to be, yeah, yeah. You have to be careful, man. Uh, yeah, what I meant was, I mean, it's good to see, and as you say, there's still that stigma attached in certain places. So when I see it, I'm like, fucking right on, man. But, yeah, I think, but it shouldn't even be noticed, should and it? I think, you know? I, I mean, yeah, but, you know, I mean, let's face it, I mean, at least the lucky thing, I don't think it's as, could be anywhere as hard, tough as being, you know, as being black or bang, mm. you know. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. Back then as well. So, um, because at least you could, you know, pretend you're mm. other. But then that, that, in terms of mental health, if you like, would lead to, you know, self-recrimination, and yeah, obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. self-loathing and yada, yada. But, you know, I think self-loathing is part of the artistic package isn't I it? think it is mate you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly the comedy package I think it's I think in general it's your the, uh, the 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 relationship you have with your self-destructive tendencies in yeah. a way and I think once uh, and I remember I did a double act for uh, many years with a guy and um who was that? Was that? Oh, it was back, way back in the day. Right. You know? And is that your? Is that was that your That's first? Started, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know we were pretty successful in it, but he had a terrible nervous breakdown. But and I'm doing this. Um, but his. But he was very self-destructive, and right. there's no rules. No one really. I think. No one could have explained to me. I, I was unaware of the concept of willfully self-destructive people who are doing right. anything they can yeah. to fuck up a situation. 
To be like a scared of success sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. But you see it all in, in our business all the time. Yeah, all the I time. Mean, yeah. And you just go, Why have you, what have you just done? I mean, I mean, so people, and I think you once you re- recognise that, I mean, it took me years and years, um, to, but you, you see it in yourself as well. Mm. So. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. And yeah. The, weirdly, the one time I went for therapy for like, I uh, was... Uh, after I'd I'd had the Joe Spring Opera and I'd done then I'd done this big dance show and then I did this um, big hit at the Royal Opera House yeah. based on the life of Anne and, and Nicole Smith and the end of it I mean there were fantastic reviews I couldn't and mm. it couldn't be more and I woke up one day feeling like the worst failure in the world really I thought this is insane yeah there was I, I mean I was was it more like was it like a come down or this was post come down right and, all that. and, and listen believe me I was a you know. I was a rootin' tootin', uh, <laughs> you know, I, was, I, I was a party boy. So yeah, really. It wasn't, I could differentiate between, okay, this is just, uh, you know, the horrors. Yeah. And the, no, there was just a sense of total failure. Wow. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. This is not, this is so illogical. And I could, I could look at it and go, well, I know, and to talk to myself about it, so look, I'm turning to my head, this is, this is totally logical. The evidence in front of the you. The feeling and the certainty of it was overwhelming. Yeah, failure. So I thought, well, fuck it, I'll get some therapy because this is crazy. I don't want to live my life like this. When you've this. got all that in front of you, you can see, yeah. like I say, you've got the evidence of your success it's like right you, there in print. It's like you betrayed yourself by succeeding. Right. And it's really interesting because, and I've, I think I've given this a lot of thought over the years. Well, obviously, I've otherwise wanted to pin you now. But <laughs> I think in, you know, in, in our business, we're much more attuned to failure, right? So your, yeah. your coping strategies with failure are highly, yeah. <laughs> highly tuned right. many years. I mean, I didn't really have any very big success until in my mid-30s, you know. Yeah. So that's, you're talking about, you know, 14 years of hacking away, not really, you know, I mean, really hacking away. Right. And, um, Was that in the like, double act? In the Part in the double act and then, other, then doing other yeah. stuff when that finished, you know, sort of thing. So there was no, it was, um, but I was a grafter. I mean, yeah. I knew. But, um, uh, so you had all that. You had all that major success. Oh, so you have the. Yeah. So you have all those years of failure. So your coping strategies, as I say, are really good. Mm. You've had a lot of practice. Of yeah. Failure. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Finally, you have the. You have the best success. Everyone wants to know who you are. I mean, it is such a shock. Yeah. And um, it's a catastrophic shock. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you cope with that when you're well, the I mean, centre of everything? I used to then when Jerry opened and people were flying in from, from all over the world. This was the national. There were people, you know, massive stars would just come up. I remember there was, um, you know, like um, Liam from Oasis. I remember yeah, one time yeah. Dido called me on the phone and said, Richard, we're what? with um, we're um, you know we're the, we're the um, Oxo tube. Come and join us for a drink. And there was you know the Pet Shop Boys and and all these and wow. big and politicians and all the big. Um, Hollywood agents and stars. Right. I never didn't know who they were. So I just got smashed. You know? Yeah. That must have I been a total smashed. head fuck. I mean, I loved it, but it was. And I used to do... Um, uh, so, I, so I just say, people say, what are you doing next? And I go, well, I'm just going to get arsehole and snort so much cocaine and then I'm going to go to <laughs> rehab in two years' time and then I'm going to write my next one. Nice. I'd say that as a joke. <laughs> um, and it didn't. Anyway, look, I mean, what actually happened was we, after all the kind of furore the show um, I realised I wasn't going to be the multi-millionaire I thought I was going to be at one point so I thought oh, but you better get your shit together and, get yourself together yeah you know, um, and again it was because I realised that you know I mean it was a very very successful show but it mm. wasn't like a um, didn't make multi-millions no so there was for, uh, but critically it was it was oh, huge yeah, it had a good, it had a, and it had a good run the, and listen I made money out of it yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm living in this nice place in Brixton which is a very nice place you know so um, 
and everything that came from it yeah. was as a result of that hit. Once you have a hit, then a door, many doors open. Right. I mean, then then after that, some of those doors slam in place, <laughs> to be honest. But um, oh, that's yeah. another, that's, but they're, they're diff, you know. Well, so, no, I think Noel Gallagher said at one point, if you're lucky enough, the industry will be, you'll be the centre of the industry. You'll be, mm. you'll be it. So, but it's fleeting. Like yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll happen. And the trick is to just accept it when it's there. Yeah. And then when it goes, when it moves on to the next person, don't chase it. Because yeah. that's where you fail. Well, that's great advice. Yeah. I think that's, uh, he's such a smart man. Yeah. Very funny man. But also going back to the failure thing is, yes. if you think in comedy, you, what you're, uh, not, so not only are you adding to the fact that whether the, a show is a success or a failure per se in mm. itself, just the actual sheer mechanism of writing comedy is about your, your relationship to failure has to be very, very nuanced and... Uh, um, unhealthy in a way because yes. you know if you're writing a you write a gag it's going to take four or five goes at least or whatever Absolutely, and yeah. some aren't going to work so yep. most are going to fail same with a good of the song or a good comedy song or a comic scene or whatever yeah. and then put that into into uh, into a two-hour show how does that develop and da, 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 you know the light and the shade and the pacing and stuff so you're going to fail yes. all along the way of that and it's um you only have to get it right once, yeah. is my thing. And that's, but actually, so you need to be very robust and uh, with how you view and experience your failure. Yes. On a daily basis. In fact, on an hourly basis. Because, right, you know, yeah, of course. Uh, so, and this is going back, I mean, this is a long way away, but going back to how we romanticise, you know, the artist staring at the blank piece of paper or staring at the wall. And you're right there is a I don't think it's for me it's not a romantic it's about you know how do you how do you you know you've got to turn up the page do your stuff yeah. and not be bowed down by the first piece of shit you write that's because, what yeah you know, that, that might yeah. that hopefully that shit might be transmuted into gold or whatever but that, take, that took me ages to get my head around yeah the fact that just because I'm writing something down, that's not that's not a finished gag. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. Whereas before, I'd I'd write it down and then I go, oh, brilliant, and I go and say it verbatim as I've yeah, written it down, yeah. and then go, oh yeah, it turns out there wasn't a punchline on that. That was just a sentence. It took me ages to go to get right around. I just go, well, just write the write it down. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's funny or not. This, if you think there's something here, write it all down. And somewhere amongst all these things that you write down, there'll be a joke. So you have that kernel of an idea and you're just working it out. And and that's quite, that takes quite a lot. I don't think we understand how, because um, I know much cleverer people than me who, you know, insanely brilliant uh, musicians and composers and stuff. Mm. But I know I write better stuff. Right, yeah. And I think the only reason I write better stuff is probably because I'm a bit... You know, I'm, it, it's sometimes ignorance is your friend. <laughs> no matter what. But um, I'm tenacious and I want to do it. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a dog with a bone. If I know there's something in that little song or that little idea, I'll yeah. work it out. I mean, um, and that's that's taken years. I remember I um, that's a really good. I, I remember um, I did a tour with I was doing the music for Lee Herring and Stuart Lee years right. ago. And is that how you met them? Is that how uh, you got, I, I sort yeah. of knew Stuart from the um, uh, when I did the Double Act days. Right, like right, right, right. You know, but we, um, I, uh, I was doing music for them on this tour, and they used to sit down every night before the show, and they would write out ten gags right between the two of them like that and then maybe do three or four yeah every night and so um, and I remember thinking oh it's amazing that's a really clever way of 
because I was still terrified of Nubatir and then I still had that kind of oh my god this is shit if it's not you know yeah and they were just like 10 and maybe 3 or 4 would use and they just chucked the other way right it okay just, and it was brilliant so I started doing that yeah for quite a while and built up a massive amount and that's how I built up material right and I still use that I mean I don't use it so much now because I've got I've got like thousands of piano sketches and musical yeah. and gags and lyrics well every time I've been with there. you you've there's all like someone will say something and you'll go, oh, that's a nice, that could be a nice lyric. And mm. then you'll write it down. Yeah, that's You know, it. when we're at Soho Theatres a couple of times, you're like, oh, I like that. And it, yeah, and it, it, Obviously, well, I'll check. Yeah. I'm not, not stealing. Yeah, just stealing. <laughs> <laughs> I do this occasionally yeah. when I'm in the rehearsals and it's like, there was a, um, I just did this a, a job for, a, it's got, for English National Opera, Merry Widow. It's right. a really old Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. And I don't know why, it just, sometimes, like everything, I've never really, in most things I've done, I've never given it a second thought, really. No. So I'm going to offer you... Because the truth is, most people... You don't really get offered jobs that often. Okay. So, which is... Um, which you might find strange, but, you know, I'm not turning things down. I was going to say, not. yeah, I thought your phone would be off the... No, ringing off the hook. Absolutely not at all. And uh, for various re- reasons. Maybe I'm a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> but... Um, Oh, you know, like sometimes because you're doing your own, you know, yeah. it's best when you're doing your own thing that's coming out of your brain that you want to do. Yeah. But it's funny when this thing just came up and I did it. Um, and uh, so we're in, the, we're in the room and sometimes I'm going to come up, you know, we change the lyrics as we're going along because the singers would sing it. And some, some, sometimes someone comes up with a good idea. If someone comes up with a really good idea, I'll go and give them 10p as a royalty. I'll just publicly say, this is, uh, this is a buyout. This is it, yeah. This yeah, is yeah, a yeah. Disney buyout. It's a 10p. <laughs> Don't come back with any lawyers. <laughs> yeah, it's busy. yeah I've, I've done it now. Yeah. So my point being, I suppose, there's a sort of, there's a, there's a language or there's a lexicon for that kind of yeah, yeah. thing, isn't it? I mean, you say in like, just basic manner saying, can I have that? Or you can have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of that as well. Yeah, though, yeah. Not, I love all that. You know. Yeah, I've done, there's been a couple of times people have said that to me. They'll go, oh, you can have that. And you go, oh, cool. Or you'll say, you know, I go, oh, they go, can I have that? And yeah, of course you can. We're just having yeah, a chat. Yeah. If you can make something into that. You know, I went to a mate of mine. He came. Like that into something. He had this amazing chord, right? And uh, I won't say his name, but it was. It's, <laughs> so anyway, and I, you know, I she showed him. I went, God, that is that is truly that is a fucking motherfucker of a chord. You know, it's sort of, yeah. If on a piano, you go, you you got to pedal right, so you can just do. It was like playing. It required you to do it with like four hands, but if you do it quickly, go like that. Yeah, right. But it was that was a that was a a kick-ass chord. Anyway, so. Uh, I was writing some a thing later on, and I, um, I remember getting in touch, saying, "Oh man, your that sweet chord is going right down really nicely in this piece of music." And uh, he said, "If you use that chord, we will no longer be friends." And oh I went, wow! Oh okay, right, you know. Oh shit! But so I didn't. But it wasn't that, you know. Yeah. But it was. Um, uh, that's only, that's only, and I was surprised. Yeah, because, especially oh, with music, because in a way, you know, you can't you can't really trademark a chord, you know. No, but it was pretty good. I would be it would, <laughs> to get specific. It would have been noticed. It was about the spacings. It was pretty, he'd have noticed. No one. Yeah, else right. Noticed. And that's enough. Yeah. Wow, man. But it was uh, yeah, it was quite. And he was, you know, he was quite a laugh. I was surprised about that. Yeah. Oh wow! If, I was, if he's listening, I don't want you fucking calling him. Shove me called up, yeah. Shove me called up, yeah. How did you come to have? How did it? Where did the idea to turn Jerry Springer into an opera? Where did that come from? I mean, that's quite a, it's quite a leap. Well, I'd just done a, um, a show called Tourette's Diva. It's like a one-woman opera. Obviously, okay. um, I, I I just emerged um, after doing a lot of TV. Um, 
MDing for TV and writing uh, TV music, right. which is pre-internet day and pre-streaming. So it was very, and I used to be the go-to guy for quick stuff. So yeah, they right. they get in touch at say midnight and say we need um, uh, you know, we want like a you know a Robbie Williams parody by the morning for a big for a big show. And, you know, and they're gonna so I'd get it in a cab to Tower Records, get whatever it is what they wanted, come home, you know, work it out till about three, call a few musicians, get it done by dawn, and you know, Jesus. So I did a lot of that. So. Um, but eventually I thought, uh, uh, this was in, I'm in my early 30s, but I realised I think if I, if I work like this forever, yeah. I'm going to hate myself and die soon. Yeah, of course. So I, scra- I, scra- I thought I'm going to write one show which is so um, anti-commercial, it <laughs> might weirdly be commercial. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. it was the most virulently nasty, horrible, abusive show. Anyway, it was, it was a great little show. It was called Tourette's Diva. And had this one <laughs> opera singer. And she just like, it was this torrent of abuse. I mean, vile, horrible. Not racist or anything like that, but just... But just horrible. Misanthropic, world-hating, <laughs> self-loathing, everything. Yeah. Bunged in. Anyway, there were huge laughs. And was strangely moving. Right. And so, anyway, the theatre that put it on said, oh, what do you want to do next? And um, it just so happened about... A, uh, after that I'd done, I came home one day and I was watching the Joe Springer show after a gig. And in those days, they used to bleep out all the expletives. That's right, yeah. And um, there was one particularly uh, expletive-ridden show where they had about six people screaming at each other. Anything away? Would you say beep beep? You know? Yeah. I remember thinking, oh, why, why don't they? Why can't I hear the thing? What, you know, there's eight people screaming at each other. Can't understand a word they're saying. Oh, it's a bit like opera. And they went, oh, hello. Oh wow. And I remember the date. I remember the, uh, it was uh, and. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to do this. And so they said, what do you want to do? This theatre said, what do you yeah. want to do next? I'm going to do Jerry Springer, the opera. And they uh, said, are you sure that'll work? I said, listen, I don't care if it's going to work. I'm, I'm going to write it, it anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. It's like, for me, they've made the decision. I don't care. Wow. I don't care if you... You were that sure? You in, 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 I think I was at that yeah. point that, um, because I'd done all this stuff for TV and it felt like, um, I felt like... Um, not, it wasn't a compromise because I learned tons of stuff from doing that but I realised there was a sort of you know a yearning to do mm. something that was I don't know just had something of, my, of myself in it that wasn't yeah. I didn't want to just be somebody's you know um, music music bitch <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I mean yeah. it was, or just I don't want to be I remember thinking you, you kill yourself to get all this stuff on TV but it's done it's done the, it's the miracle of speed and and you know triumph over circumstance and yeah, right. etc but the yeah. end result what's the end result yeah I kind of I used to think god all that agony it's just for what mediocrity I want to do something good I want to do yeah. something really good that's come from my heart you know um, millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And so, uh yeah, so they just so th- that was that was where that was coming from, right? And of course, I wasn't that su- I wasn't so successful then because so, um, but I had enough money to sort of finance uh, bits and a bobs. Little, well, time yeah. off. So every time I do a, a TV job, I'd then have a couple of months to, um, you know, you do that for right. two or three months, then you'd um, I could work for two or three months on this other thing. Yeah, and right. The money would run out. And you'd just quickly, you know, get another job. Quickly get you know, hassle for another job, and that's how <laughs> I did until finally, you know. But um, so you, I think it gives you psychologically, uh, you're in a very strong place if you're going, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. So you already knew Stuart Lee, who you wrote yeah. the opera with. Yeah. And then, and then you, obviously you didn't expect it. You, ex- you, knew, you knew what you were doing was good. You believed yeah, in it. Yeah. I thought it would do, um, we'd go to Edinburgh, maybe we'd go to Australia and do a, you know, yeah. I thought there'd be a few, a bit of a festival circuit thing going. I never, had no idea it'd be... And then it blew up, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And was the, was it David Soul who had it? Was it, it was wasn't originally. Michael Brandon originally, and then it was David Soul who took over and right. Cast. How were they to work with? Were they all right? Uh, they were great. They Michael were really Brandon good. was Dempsey and Matepeach, wasn't right, he? Yeah. yeah, he was lovely. He was just good. And then uh, and David Soul was. They were great. They had to, you know, he was quite a sort of. He was a tortured individual in some ways, but he wanted. He really wanted to be. He wanted. He was really into redemption, big time. Wow. And I think he had some demons in his past. Obviously, but I mean, so it's weird in the act too. He really the the deep, the darker stuff. He was really good at. Yeah, because I loved Starsky and Hutch as a kid. Yeah, and, me too. And even now, they're still. I still think they're it's one of the coolest programs yeah. there's ever been. Well, it was a family thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just back back in the. I suppose, but of course, you forget that was when there were with three TV stations. Yeah, and you had that. You know, there wasn't any choice. No, so everyone knew what was on. You know, because that was all they were, you know. Most things were shit. Most so things were shit, yeah. You know, this hence punk and hence all that. That's these right, the, yeah. This, these, this was just a, a, you know, raining against the border. <laughs> it was... But that was yeah. great. I loved punk. That was my, you know... I, Is I that when a, you came of age? Punk. A, a punk was the big, um, oh, the big fuck you. That's what yeah. I was And that was really liberating, wasn't it? I remember thinking, waking, th- waking up and thinking, oh, yeah, you can just skate. And that was, I think that helped us, like, as a... As a lonely gay teenager, just have this this sense of well, fuck it. Fuck yeah, it. and it's for all of it, it, it's funny when you look at it. When you look at punk, and you like the, the obviously you know 
the older generation were terrified and going, what is this yeah. fucking mess? But punk was so inclusive yeah. of everybody. Yes. Gay, straight, black, white. Yeah, yeah. It was so... It, and, it, and, it, and the, it, well, you know, the punk was like the umbrella term for all manner of music you know like the music like everyone oh Sex Pistols yeah. down. but then you and it went out and, he went, and it brought in reggae and it brought in yeah, the, and it yeah. was what an amazing thing to be a yeah, part of right. and you didn't feel so fearful you know no even though you'd you know we'd go give that little torn uh, get our um, you know safety pins out and tear a jacket <laughs> up and go down <laughs> but, you know I think it was 14 or 15 getting your first beers and stuff like that pretending it was exciting you go, yeah but you didn't feel like you weren't worried about me stabbed or anything. no no but funny isn't it because it was portrayed was, in the media as... it was carnage in those yeah, days yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, but you'd go to a disco too. I bet you remember this you'd go to a disco and there'd be like the skinheads in one corner the punks in another the <laughs> neuromantics over there I was a bit the, too uh, young and the grieve and the um, and the heavy metalists there, and everyone right. have their little minute in the uh, in the middle. There'll be a bit of a fight at the end, and then there'll be the smoochy, you know, um, Boston or whatever. Yeah, right. And the feeling that it was over by you know by sort of midnight or one a.m. Yeah, and then you go to the Hummingbird, which was super cool. Right, I mean. that sounds cool. But, but um, I've got and it was pre ecstasy and all that, and pretty yeah. feel the need to stay up all weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> so you had the big success. Yeah, and. And you were the talk of the town. You yeah. Know, Jerry the oh, Spring yeah. of the Opera was massive. Oh, yeah, it was massive. And then, and what, how did you cope when, when it, did it, when, when, did, when it went away? How did you cope when it? Um, I think, you know, as I say, I did about a good year of just get parting my tits off. Yeah. And then, um, I think, um, then I saw that it wasn't going to be for various reasons in fighting between various people and right. producers and all stuff and, and various things happened yeah. which is you know is that no, because of the success or I think just, you know that all that thing about where there's a hit there's a writ there's elements of that and just right. um, and I think it's also I was totally I was entirely ignorant of yeah. the machinery success I mean when I say the machinery success is you know how, how would you transfer that to Broadway how would you transfer I mean right of course the, yeah. the you, pitfalls yeah. of all that and various things I need when we I nearly had a massive deal with Sony and uh, that fell through at the last minute but no. I was celebrating because I thought oh my god I'm gonna this is yeah, gonna be that was gonna be lottery so you were just working. Was lottery money so yeah. even weirdly thing even in success there were these strange failures but but you, you know so yeah and then also my dad was dying of cancer at the same oh, time. I'm sorry, so that became well, you know, it's not your fault you didn't do it. No, I know, oh, but sorry, <laughs> I, yeah, I came around and I gave him cancer. <laughs> it's because I I never know. I've been, I'm lucky enough. I haven't had anyone yet that's really been close to me that's passed away. Yeah. So I don't know how how to I don't know what to say when people say it oh no it's great yeah, so I'm it's, being yeah. so, I'm just being a, I'm being a fucker no no, no that's alright I but like it yeah. that's alright maybe this is why your phone doesn't fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm a bit of a dick no <laughs> yeah well I am a rich child obviously so was but, that yeah <laughs> so um, was that all, so this was all around so that no so the scenario would be I'd be going and picking Olivier's or an evening st- uh, one weekend to be able to watch some in the weekend, I go back and see my dad. You know, right. you know, sort of die basically. And wow. it was, um, uh, uh, and he was great though. He's just, you know, because he said, "Oh, for God's sake, you got to go and pick up your, you know, yeah, go, go to the Olive. You don't, you know, you don't <laughs> just." He says, "I want you to stay stay here twenty four seven for months." When I'm, you know, so it was, you know, he's a great, he was, a, he was a fantastic bloke. So, um, but it was, so the, all that was going on as right. well. Which, and of course, because I, I never really had a, yeah, you know, there was the first 
my, my parents die sort of thing and I'm, yeah you don't know how you're going to face you don't no. know how you deal with that stuff until it happens and you, you know uh, uh, it was just a, a heightened thing mm. at the time it was yeah. just a mental time I suppose you yeah. don't ever you never really so, uh, you so don't I, get over it do you, you just, no, you, no, you just no. have that you carry that around with you but you work out a way the of the emotional landscape it. the emotional landscape changes forever yeah of course and um, that's I think that's the big disrupting thing but then then you know uh, as you get on and older you realise that's that's inevitable so yeah, these are, yeah I mean it's interesting yeah. It was what was lovely. Luckily, I mean, sometimes you know, uh, I mean, it was of course it was, it was horrible and sad to see, but there was there was it was very natural as well. So my aunt would be there, and my mum, and uh, you know, there was something very cosy and right. lovely about it in yeah. a weird sort of way because um, he was, he was so kind of loved and looked after. So and um, and my aunt had lost her her husband, um, you know, many years before. So. Yeah, these experienced people just yeah, and they knew how to deal with it. Incredibly beautiful about that, and they you know lucky to have those people around. Yeah, yeah. so that was that was what was interesting about it. I remember thinking, and then, and I think if if you do the sort of things we do, you know, or you have a curious mind, and I think that's what's um. So it's interesting, you pick up on stuff like that, and then of course when he finally died, grief is just not at all what it's like in the Hollywood movies. It's just um, you know. It's about anger and rage, and it's yeah. not. There's not. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And you can't. How do you deal with it? That's why well, you just. You know. I mean, you know, everyone's. And um, somebody sent me the Tibetan Book of the Dead or whatever. Right. Still, it still lays in my lays the unread. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lyric it's there. Quite, I know. I was thinking. <laughs> I saw your eyes flash then. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Um, but then people do, you know. I guess um, people who, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's simple things people do. People come around and, and people just bring around and leave a casserole or bring oh, something to it. Yeah. Sometimes that's the best thing. You don't have to come yeah. and sit down and yak away for hours. No, and especially just... when it was dying, that was people would come home and maybe bring a cake or whatever. That was an, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. To um to people, it's better than you, you know. Better than you don't have to worry yeah. about words. If you turn up and say, "Here's you know," I'm just, just to this, show that it's you there. know whatever. Yeah. Because the words can't. There is there are no real words for it, you know. Oh. Because they, you're going through it. He's going through it, obviously, and he's facing this awful thing. Um, and and everyone's everyone's kind of frightened, and yet weirdly soothed and it's it's yeah. a, it's such a complex wonderful and a horrible thing but it's also wonderful i suppose like it's yeah because it's because he's he's easing out yeah, rather than I mean, like rather than getting a phone call going oh he's so, gone yeah no i think that must be quite something yeah. to get your head around but whereas you kind of had time to i think if if i was say goodbye. I think if i you know if it was, it, it, i'd hope i'd be surrounded you know It'd be good if you could have the pill maybe a month before the end. Just I think that. Take I think the up. last period was very, was very tough for him and, um, you know, and for everyone. And I think it takes quite a while to get over that bit. Um, yeah. And is that when you think about your daddy, do you... No, do you anymore. no not anymore. No, because no. you... Um, no, they are just, you know, it's, it's, it's funny where, where he comes in and stuff and I realise things I say that are his or yeah. emotions and sometimes, sometimes I feel like just a little mad bursts of manic energy that he used to have <laughs> or you know and it's funny actually he was a scientist so um oh wow so and uh i, I get more and more into science as i get older yeah interesting enough 
funny. And I really feel like, oh, yeah. I wish he was around because, and I wish I, because I was so certain then, you know, I was very, it was very, education was very binary. It was like, you know, um, science or humanities. So, yeah. You know, and I went for humanities. Damn, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, he was very, uh, he didn't, push any stuff on on no. me. but in a way I wish he had now so I'm not really you know I don't wish it at all but I'm, I now think oh, I wish I'd been mature enough then to be more into this stuff because yeah. it's fascinating so after Jerry Springer and then you like you just said you got into the partying and well it's funny yeah um, my, I'm going to name drop here but swell the guy who did um, Priscilla Queen of the Desert right uh, we, we became mates because I met him because you do because various people didn't, you know because I was suddenly meeting very successful people yeah you know. was that the movie yeah yeah, 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 yeah. he's yeah. great he's called Steph it's and uh, I saw him recently and he said uh, and we were talking about this I said where's when the two times you think you, you nearly killed yourself and I uh, and I thought oh and no one's really asked asked me about that and I thought um, well I was one time uh, you know when I took um, JHB and drank on it wow uh, and, uh, and, and you know in a, in a gay song he nearly died you know holy shit I know that's a, such a stupid thing and, and JHB was that what? was that, that that drug you take you're not supposed to you know that's like a, it's like basically bleach <laughs> bloody hell horse bleach mixed with horse, <laughs> horse I don't know whatever it is but anyway so, you know um, it was a, and I, mean, I said it yeah. was then I said then yes, I, and he said and I said I think and I said you know what? it never struck me before this is only about you know three months ago and I said I think at the time of the Joe Springer hit he goes I'm glad you said that he said right. I said, I'm glad you said that because yeah we saw, all saw that in you we all thought oh he's not going to last more than a year or two holy shit but you were just too busy just... I was too busy having fun. Car- I thought I was having fun. Carousing around. Apparently I wasn't. <laughs> I can see a sadness in your eyes. Yeah. Did you feel... Did you feel a sadness or did you feel you were battling uh, demons and... I, I think... No, you know what? I think you've... I felt kind of... I, I really felt I'd landed and something yeah. in, in me, it was a sense of profound relief. Right, finally, I've done this thing. I mean, for myself as an artist as well, you know, I never say that. It feels like, even now saying it sounds like pretentious. But I go, myself, I felt a profound sense of relief. Um, and it was fun. Uh, and of course, there was a financial reward. So I didn't feel worry yeah. now for this, for, you know, and, um, for a while, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so that, that was great. And then I think, the other, of course, then it probably went to my head a bit. And I thought, Oh man, I can. I'm the best. If yeah. You, if you've got everyone's telling you you're the best, and this is incredible. Were you a bit of a cunt about it, or um, do you think I, there's did one you thing get I, hand like it? I was pretty good? I think because I was old enough to um, uh, have worked with with quite a lot of cunts. Yeah. So <laughs> you I, go, well, that's not, not what I, I don't want to be. be. That I don't yeah, want to become yeah, yeah, that yeah. person. And anyway, as it turns out, there wasn't there wasn't it was quite. I mean, it was fucking successful. Still is this day. I mean, it's going on in Melbourne. It was in, in yeah, York, like, all that blah, been, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. And um, but at the time, it would, um, but it still did. Yeah, it still go to my it did go to my head to a certain extent. And I thought that everything I write from now on. Is just, just be, an upward trajectory. Yeah, it's going to be shitting gold bars yeah. forever now. And that's yeah. not the case, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, you're back to, you're always back to square one. Yeah. But you're back to square one with more knowledge, more experience, I think. Yeah. And, and, a, and probably a better shot yeah. at it. 
but just it's square one and square one. <laughs> just because you've had one great one, just, you know. And then you know later on, if you go, oh, I just one trick wonder and blah blah blah, and then you stop. And you get new demons. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. But they they're all. I think you can handle those. You know. Yeah. I've learned how to handle those a lot more. And then of course the fear of failure comes back. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Right. So did you? So yeah. So because you've told me about your drug taking, and you, I mean, you took it to the the nth degree I suppose I, I, didn't, I never thought I, was, I, I think the drink was a bigger problem for me than the than the coke and stuff like that yeah. so I don't think I was and I don't think I, and I started taking coke mainly out of in, back in the days when I was um, working all hours you yeah, know, right. in a studio so I'd be you know writing for loads of shows till dawn maybe getting a couple of hours sleep and starting yeah. all over again your head must have been spinning because you get to a point I know I've done I mean I've only been recreational yeah. But you get to that point where you've been up for a couple of days and you don't know whether I it's never, sleep deprivation yeah. or it's the coke or it's well, I the never drink. Did, um, I never did it to that extent that you were up for three or four days right, in the, right, right. the way that, you know, people do meth do. I mean, yeah. that, I think that's an absolutely terrible drug. That is such a scary drug. Well, it's all, any, yeah, there's well, nothing. Any drug that, where you're basically up for three or four days and you feel normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. Yeah. And I think for me, it was the diminishing law of returns, you know. So when I first started, you do a quick little line that would keep you up for four hours and then before, and but, yeah. but you'd get into your work. Also, I'd say this. It really eliminated doubt for me. So I oh, think in a way I'm yeah. quite, uh, those early, in the early coat taking, it gave me a lot of confidence. Right. So that actually quite, you know, it shut the demons out, shut up, yeah, the, voice, shut up the M critical voice saying, you're shit, don't, who yeah. do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You call yourself a composer? Right. Because I remember there was a key moment, I think when I was about 30, and I was really broke. I mean, really, really broke those days. I suddenly thought, well, what are you? I sort of looked at myself in the mirror. I thought, "What are you? What is this?" Yeah. And I said, "Well, I'm a, you know what? I'm a composer," and I, I, I self-identified as a composer. <laughs> I mean, and I say that with a joke, but I genuinely. But that's what you thought, did, yeah. And I'd say it slightly embarrassedly, but um, um, and people go, "Really? Yeah. <laughs> do you think like <laughs> did they do that, or did you imagine?" Oh no, I didn't imagine it. They go, "Oh, really?" <laughs> and people would be embarrassed. Yeah. I'd say it because you go, "Well, <laughs> okay, good luck, Rich." Right. And this is before, but, so this is before. Of course. Before oh, I see. Exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. Not, uh, not after. No, no not after they were. Yeah. After, yeah, of course, it was like, well, of, of course. Of course. And now, of course, I now I go, now I go, I call myself a writer composer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's funny actually, I don't have that in, imposter syndrome anymore. Yeah. Had it years. And that, and I think, I haven't done coke the way I used to for a few years now. Mm. I mean, I used to do it every weekend and it was... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My ex and I used to do it and that was, it was, that was, yeah, the same thing. It was battling demons and battling all the bullshit mm. that I was pushing away. And now, this just in the last, in the last year, it's just yeah. been like, yeah, I, even thinking about doing coke, I'm kind of like, I don't need to. I'm not. Well, I'm not I, yeah. hiding. Any, I'm not hiding from anything anymore. Well, I think now if someone put, you know, whereas before if someone put a line out and you go, well, yeah, no, is not possible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, go, yeah, well, yeah. do I? Re I'll weigh it up. I'll yes. Look at the maths of it and go, well, <laughs> yeah. do I want some, you know, quicker release? I'll feel okay. I mean, you know, if I do that, is it going to lead gonna, me to? Yeah, I'm going. It's going to take me five days to recover. Right? Yeah, I'm going to have I'm an not, existential crisis on Tuesday. Yeah, and I'm and I'm going to hate myself on Wednesday. And on the Thursday, I'm going to look back and be really angry with myself because I've wasted all that time. Yes. and actually, I kind of, um, you know, we we we're alive. We got through yeah, all this, man. all that rubbish, and actually, there's so much good stuff, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm like that. I've got I, yeah. books I'm reading. I've got stuff I want to do. Other yeah. music I want to listen to. There's so much stuff. I mean, yeah. when you think about it. 
In a way, we railed against it as teenagers. You know, yeah. ah, it's bored and we are the punks. Well, we've got an excuse now, because if you can't find anything interesting to do now... Uh, yeah, exactly. Then, you, I don't know, then... Yes, that's... I, I don't know, what would you... That, that, I, I think it's impossible. Oh, uh, there's so much. There's so, you know, there's... It's ridiculous. I, I don't. There's so many things I want to see and read and yeah, do. Yeah. And there's no time, especially because yeah. now I'm busy with with my career as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. which I've never had before. I've mm. just I've had a job, but I've never had a yeah. career. So, and I feel I feel up on. I've, I, if I take that line of coke, like you say, yeah. I'm going to end up wanking all night. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll feel shit because I wanked all day. <laughs> <laughs> That, and it's not, and I'm not going to do that one line. I'm going to do more, exactly. And, I, and then I'm going to be like, then I'm going to be that idiot. And it doesn't again. keep; it goes off. You know, yeah, of course you? it goes yeah. off. You can't, it's like a perishable. It's like yeah, milk. you can't just go. <laughs> oh, that, any, I know people that will go. Well, yeah, I've had this in my drawer for oh, weeks. Like what? No, impossible. <laughs> it, it must be shit then. Forget it. Yeah, that's. I know. If, if I could have done that, I would have done. It. <laughs> no, but it's no. nice to have these chats with people. I think what I wanted to do was... was oh, so you think about it. I don't want that mental anguish of the horrors. Of oh, it's program. awful. That, and yeah. That is, that's just basically the hatred. Billy's what... People commit suicide of that. I'm not yeah. surprised, you know, that... Um, um, oh, my goodness. What's his name? Um, amazing designer. My goodness. My, you know, Alexander McQueen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely... Yeah, he stuff. But I'm not surprised he fucking just... Topped himself because yeah. you know if you're taking that amount uh, and that pressure and all that and, pff, and he just it. lost his mum hadn't he Not yeah long. and all that but yeah. I mean but you know I, I think it's, that's the sad thing about all that mm. just to to have killed yourself and have come down or something like that or whatever it was I'm yeah. sure they were because he was so amazing this guy was so I mean it's brilliant. that feeling of worthlessness is is, Ooh, is like no is other horrible. and it doesn't matter how many times you say listen this is just the drugs you've taken yeah. This is just the come down. You go you, in your head. You know, no, it's not. I'm yeah. fucking shit. I'm I a know. shit person. It's all over. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. That, yeah, that's why I wanted to have these but chats it, to make people realise you're not the only one. But isn't it funny how we do that and we go? You know, it takes till Thursday, and then you, you'd come out. So, of course, which is why, uh, which why we're such a, such a fucked up, a fabulous species is that you know, after going through that hell, you emerge on Thursday, go and you wake up, go, ah, the birds <laughs> see you, the light, look, it's a rose, and like, yeah. yes. I'm Free. I've, come uh, the, you know, I've come through the war. I've come right, through yeah. the war. What do you do? Celebrate. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then someone goes, you're on the line. <laughs> you're on the line. I have to go again. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I, I'm, a, yeah. It's the trouble is, I think it's, I think the, with drugging and really bad chronic drinking, it's, um, it's, it's a full-time profession. And yeah. if you're doing another full-time profession, you need to... You're very oh, good at taking yourself out. Like the, the, we spent most of Edinburgh together last year, mm. and then we just done the run at Soho Theatre. And you're very good. At, you'll have a couple of drinks, and then you'll just go right. I'm going, and yeah. then you'll just go. You take yourself off, yeah. and you're really good at doing that. Well, I had a few, yeah, I had a few deadlines coming up, so I'm lucky. Yeah. I've got, I'm into a, in a good place at the moment. And I just know. I just again, you think, well, what do you want to be doing tomorrow at eleven or twelve yeah. in the morning, or you know. Uh, and if you want to, you know, if you want to get in the zone, and where the, you know, that's when the really interesting stuff happens. It take you got to look after yourself a bit and true. Let let yourself get in there. I mean, it's not easy. You know? No, 
And mine, unfortunately, the, the time I write best at, really, is if I need to get up at 6, 6.30. Right. And get working at 7, 7.30. So that's that's the, the golden time. So if you get up there, from, then the day is just set. You're there like, is a mo- yeah, yeah I totally get to, that by midday you're like you've kind of you're, you're, you know by midday you'll be you've done something you've edited something you've come up with some good stuff that is so true set yourself up for the rest of the day I mean you have a bit of yeah. a, you do have a bit of a mid uh, afternoon lull to <laughs> <Yeah. you. laughs> so I was quite glad you were half an hour late so it's good because I had a little nap <laughs> <laughs> but that's what kept you kept you posted I'm like yeah, yeah it's, it's been nap that. time so yeah but it's set up and I feel like you know I had a good day today I did that I got up at seven I did some work I went to rehearsal for three hours Came up here, had a little nap, and now I'm chatting. I can talk yeah. to you about stuff that I haven't thought about for ages. Maybe. So I'm true, enjoying man. this. I'm yeah. enjoying this. Well, I couldn't do this on a coke, come down. No, God, no. But that's it. There is such you a. Know. You're so right. If I. Even though I, you know, I gig most nights, mm. and I won't get in till sort of one o'clock, and then by the time I've got in, I had a chat, and Jade's told me about her gig, and mm. we'll have a cup of tea, and we'll have a bit of a chat, and then I'll thumb her arches. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, we get to bed after two, and. And then you're, you know, to, to get up at, at too early is like you'd be fucked again. So, yeah, yeah. but then I'll then sometimes I'll I'll go. Well, I, I was up late. I've, I've been working. I've got another gig tonight. I'll just have a lie in. All of a sudden it's twelve. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you feel like shit. You're like, oh, I've accomplished yeah, nothing today. Yeah. And, then, and so you're right. Having that discipline. But I think also, that's because, uh, and I guess I'm I'm sort of on the workaholic uh, side of things. To certain extent, I know I definitely am. I'm some someone who isn't. Um, but I think a workaholic or is someone who's basically at heart very lazy. And yeah, no, you, yeah. So I think that, but also, I mean, it's the same for you and anyone who writes for a living and stuff is you've got to, you have to find a way of disciplining yourself. There's no, there's nobody's going to do it for you. No. And how do you feel now? You like, you, have you got your head around uh, your demons and your, yeah, I, I mean, they, I mean, I they obviously like, they rear up now and again, but I feel, yeah, I feel, in a, yeah, I feel in, a, in a great space at the moment. Yeah. I feel, um, I feel I know what they are as well. I think, you know, I know, I know the demons, I know the, the regrets and the crushing, you know, mm. fitness, you know, but I think on the whole, I can talk myself down yeah. from them. And, uh, I, someone said the other day, it's that thing about you're lucky to do what you do. And I go, and sometimes when people say it to me, sometimes I, I get a bit annoyed, but I but I know they're right. Yes. But somebody did a brilliant thing to me. Said that's fine. He said, yeah, we are like a do what we do, but it does bring its own bullshit with it. Yeah, that was that you. Was, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I in, can't it was believe I'm quoting back to you. <laughs> but that's yeah. It's you know it, it doesn't matter, and it, you see all these people. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. You see the most successful people on the planet. Like, look at Jay-Z and Beyonce, for an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're billionaires and they're like royalty, but they still yeah. got their own shit yeah, to yeah, deal yeah. with. And that, so it doesn't matter where you are, you're going to have to shit to deal with because being a human being comes with yeah. baggage. Exactly. And, and I think it, it's not necessarily... I don't think this... If I was, you know, if someone could... Uh, if I was advising people on, on... I would say don't do what... I do. I say, don't do what you do unless you yeah. really fucking need to do it. Yeah. Because I think it's too um, it's demanding and it's hard. And it's not, I don't think it's, it's not fun. But I don't, I don't, I don't, life for me doesn't have to be fun all the no. time. No, but it's all. being content, isn't it? It's yeah, not necessarily, yeah. It's not happiness. I no. If, 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 if you're, you're in the wrong business, if you're chasing, <laughs> if you're chasing happiness. Ironically. Please do something else. <laughs> you know, you're going to really be. Yeah, you're going to be sad. <laughs> you're going to be sad. <laughs> it's true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But I think it's that, it's getting your head around the fact that you're not the only one yeah. that's feeling shit. 
So mm. when you're lying on your bed thinking, because social media doesn't help, does it? It makes it, it looks like everyone's smashing it and everyone's having a success and everyone's... I mean, I fine, think you know? I'm lucky because, I mean, I remember the days when there were no mobile phones. You yeah, know? When I was going around, When I was hitchhiking around Europe, that must have been amazing doing it. Well, you, but no, you just didn't think I was. Well, you didn't vision. think like that. You didn't no. think so. I'd write letters, handwritten letters. This was pre-Amstrad. Remember, this yeah, of course, yeah. So you'd write a letter to parents, and occasionally you'd ring them from a telephone box in a major city. Um, but it would only be for a few minutes because it was so expensive. Yes. You know, I have to go as well. How are you doing? Yeah, okay, yeah. I just thought, yeah, I just went to Paris. I'm going, yeah, I'm just going to hitchhike down to, you know, I think I'm going to Vienna. I don't know where it is. I'm, I'm going, I'll, yeah, I'll get a map. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, bye, bye. Love me. Boom. You know, brilliant. That's it. But people didn't. You didn't worry about it, did you? Nah. you know, whereas now, I mean, God, try and try and make a. You know, try and get a meeting. You know, you've got like, I will meet you at Soho at seven thirty. Are you going to be there at ten? Yeah. Just confirming yeah, yeah. that we're going to. Or running a little like in ten minutes. Just running yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Just getting off the tube now. <laughs> oh my God! It's like a, it's a running commentary. <laughs> I don't want to run in commentary. I don't want like a, just get here, mate. Just I don't want an archive. <laughs> just get here and stop fucking about. But well, my dad hitchhiked all the way to Morocco from from Kent. Yeah, you know, so that's you did. just what he did. Just Funny, went off. It? Yeah, and no one is worried about being, you know, I don't know, being um, radicalised. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Sorry, so no, you're right. No. <laughs> And on that, <laughs> Rich, this has been great. That's been and, a yeah, but you're all right, aren't you, right now? You've got your yeah. head together and you're busy. Oh, That's the thing, you're busy. And I like to be busy. I like you that. are really busy good. now. But um, it's, um, yeah, I love it. No, I'm in a really good place. I'm really, it's a great place. And it's been thanks to many people like yourself. And you, yeah, and you, you Rich. Enjoyed, you know. Thanks, man. I've thanks for talking job. to me. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're shaking hands. Shaking hands. That's the sound of two hands shaking. Shaking hands, shaking hands. Thanks, Rich. Insane in the membrane. So that was Richard Thomas. What a man. He's such an open book. He just he's so honest. He's gone from strength to strength and ups and downs and roundabouts and you know, he's done really well. Like, like he said, you know, he wrote Jerry Springer the Opera and Anna Nicole Smith the Opera. Um last year he was also in Jade Adams, uh, The Divine Miss Jade, which he wrote the songs. Um he was also in My Right Left Foot which won him some awards last year. He was also in Brexit, uh, the musical, which was with Johnny Woo, and again, Jade Adams, and a few others. And he now has The Merry Widow at the English National Opera. The man is unstoppable, as I've already said. He's, he's a very talented man, very honest. If you've recently found the podcast, check out our back catalogue with funny and interesting people like Tezzy Lewis. So Blackbird now is yeah, still yeah, a very yeah, yeah. patriarchal yeah. structure. A friend of mine was telling me that he was... Um, so he's, he's my age and he was doing his kids nappy yeah right and his dad came in and was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> we don't we, we, we don't do that oh man listen subscribe tell your mates tell everyone because it's really working conversations are happening people are starting to feel better what a time to be alive so thanks for listening we'll do it again next week shall we Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.